Happy New Year. Woo! Pop that champagne cork. Thank God. Bye-bye, 2020. See you later. Oh, yeah. Bye. On today's show, we have, huh, what, Greg? Randy Reed, Edison Report. I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> He's moving, man. He's shaking. He's got a lot of things cooking down there in Tennessee, man. And uh, today in lighting, he's got his daily show coming out. He's got, obviously, a revamped website. What a great time we had with Randy. Always good. He always brings something new and exciting to talk to. Start the year off hot. Boom! We're going to go to tcpi.com to start the year off. That's right. Technical consumer products. Go to tcpi.com, Greg. Now, they have a commercial recess downlight. But not any commercial recess down there. A lot of people have those, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, cool. They've got it. They've got a six inch and they got an eight inch. Awesome. I met a customer. Okay. Now I go and, okay, that's an eight inch. Oh, shit. They have two, te- they have two 10 inch cans. Okay. So I can get the eight inch from this customer and then I got to go somewhere else to get the 10 inch. But the 10 inch from this guy has a beveled and it's white and this one is silver and it's recessed. It's like, okay. Now the cans aren't going to look like. Now what do I do? Now I got to figure it out. You don't have to think any longer. TCP has uh, commercial recessed downlight in 4-inch, 6-inch, 8-inch, 10-inch, 12-inch. And they've also got it color selectable where you don't have to worry about picking the Kelvin ahead of time. You can select it on the can and three wattages all on the same can. It's awesome. Finally, somebody's come through with the right product. They're not trying to be cute and saying, hey, we've got it, but only in 6 and 8. Every can is different. You need those other sizes so that you can fill it. TCP does it right. It yeah, you can't you can't do a commercial lobby properly if you don't have no. those options. You know what I'm talking about? Like those commercial building lobbies where you walk in yeah. and they, you know, in the I, I'm foyer. in them all the time. Yeah, I'm a, I'm speaking from my experience from last yeah. week. Yeah, no, I, seriously, I sold a job and now I got to figure out where to get them. I got them from TCP because they have all the sizes. I just learned right now. <laughs> Right now in the ad, I'm going to go to TCPI right now after. I have a client. They got six-inch AR R1170 watt metal halides. You know those R1170 watt metal halides, uh, medium flood or whatever. And then, but in the foyer, they got these big 12-inch halides with the, uh, you know, whatever, MP metal halides in like a a can. It's like, well, those are not going to match. Now with TCPI.com, they're going to retrofit it. So go there. fix that foyer. Oh, baby. I can't wait. You just say, just, I I, I, I need to listen to the Get a Grip on Learning podcast too, man. I just happened to produce it too. So go to TCPI.com, proud member of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That was a long ad, but it was a good one. Here comes Randy. Welcome back, Randy Reed. Thank you. Thank you for having me, and Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas to you. This one's coming out in the new year, but good to have you back on the show. Over? No, we no, over? we're not starting over. No, we're going to keep it rolling. <laughs> Greggy, see, what's going on, bud? Hey, well, it's good to have Randy back. It's been a little while, and, and um, you know, we wanted to talk to you because the new year's coming up. A few things happened in the last year, and I've never really known you to have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> You have Sometimes. an opinion, Randy. <laughs> uh, you had a little little notepad reflecting on on what what this whole last year meant to you and how it changed. Let's dive into that a little bit. Why don't you give us an overview? Well, um, it was a tough year for the industry, right? I mean, there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. A tough year for me personally. I've been tested now a total of eight times for COVID, negative all eight times. I did lose my mom to COVID, and um, uh, in her case, it was a blessing because she'd had a stroke and was really in bad shape. And when COVID came, it took her three days later. So I would say it's been an emotional year. Uh, personally, um, I have signed up for the Vanderbilt study. And so I have had my vaccine uh, because I'm it's either a vaccine or a placebo. But I'm pretty sure I got the vaccine because I had the symptoms, had the symptoms. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am happy to see 2020 uh, go away, and uh, 2021 is going to be a great year. Firmly believe that. That's what, what we're you, looking what makes, it, what makes you so optimistic? Because of, of, of pent-up demand. 
I think we're going to get the uh, vaccine out there in the first quarter. I think there's going to be herd immunity. I think that the uh, hotel hospitality industry has been getting ready. And I do think things will really explode in certain areas in 2021. I think people are going to get on a plane the first chance they have. They're going to go on vacation. They're going to start going out to eat. And they're going to start being with people. Yeah, I'm not as confident. Why? Um, There's something to this that's a little bit strange. There's a lot of things that, to me, that um, have happened and continue to happen you know, like that make me go, what, why is that happening? Like one of the things in Toronto that's, and I don't want to go too far down this path, but like, for example, they're locking down the province of Ontario again for 30 days or basically 60 days. They kind of hinted at and stuff like that for the same reason they did in March because the ICU capacity is getting too high and not one reporter in Toronto or Ontario or anywhere has asked the politicians like, how come you don't have any more, how many, how come we don't have a higher ICU capacity? Like, how could you possibly be using that excuse 10 months later or nine months later as the reason? Like, that's really weird. And there's no, nobody in the press asked that question. Like, oh yeah, you have the same reason you had in March, or we're going to overflood our hospitals, but you don't have any more ICU capacity. Like that is, if that's the case, that is total incompetence, complete and total incompetence. And that's the reason they're using. And to me, like, that's just not a good reason. Like, that sounds like nonsense to me. So, But my point is, if you're going to be locked down 30 days, maybe 60 days, and when that 60 days is lifted, we've got the vaccine, I think you talk about herd mentality, it's going to be like a herd of buffalo heading out because I think you guys will be really ready to go and do something and be with people. So again, that's what I mean by I think there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand. I think there is going to be a lot of pent-up demand, but I think there's, like, I'm not optimistic or pessimistic. I'm just going day by day. And I don't see any reason for optimism. I just see incremental increases in authoritarianism. And it's been incremental and it's been ongoing. And while I agree with you on the lighting business and the pent-up demand, and I agree that people are ready to rock, I'm not so sure that that's the long-term plan. So I, I, I w- I, I'm not pessimistic either. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'd love to have your outcome. Um, but I, I, I don't share your optimism. As I said in my article, I do think there will be less business travel. I, for one, plan on doing less business travel in 2021 than I did in 2019. In 2019, I was on a plane every week, and you guys were too for the most part. And I don't see that coming back full strength. It'll come back. I look forward to business travel. I look forward to a few of the quality trade shows, but I will not be going to every single trade show. And I'm not going to go to every single meeting in person or every single education event. If I can, Greg, Greg, if we can, I think we're going to do it. We'll go to every one. Yeah, I, I want to get. I want to see the zeitgeist. I, I'd love to get out there and see what's happening in Denver, just for no reason. Just like do a hot blast, get in there hot, stay a night, get get out and see what the people are talking about. If anybody's allowed to, you know, what their COVID reality is like. I, I'm so excited about that. I'd love to do that. Um, so I, I think, but I don't know. I think you're right, though. I think your gut instinct is right. On that. And how are you going to pick and choose that, Randy? Because as we know right now, we're we're seeing that. Um, Every show that is coming out is going to be smashed into what a six week time period in August, yeah, September, eight, 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 right now. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. Well, um, I got to tell you, though, those are the good shows, right? Mm-hmm. I'll be headed to Education. I'll be headed to Light Fair. If um, NAILD has something, I'll be mm-hmm. going to that mm-hmm. because I really value what you guys do. I think. Uh, I've been to Thank some you. very good conferences there. Uh, IES, uh, always an important conference. Mm-hmm. So it is crammed in. We're going to be working very hard in the second half of the year. But those are the important shows. Uh, but some shows like LED Specifier Summit has gone away. Um, you know, I think there were um, Light Show West, I believe, has gone away. So those, obviously, we won't be to those shows. And I probably won't go to as many regional shows as I've done in the past. Now that to some degree, that's something we've talked about in the past and maybe even with you is, is there are too many trade shows, you know, and, and I think yeah. 
to that point, you know, that's a, maybe a benefit out of this is that now we're narrowing down to what actually we need. You know, at one point there's just too many. Right. So we'll, we'll get there with that. So that's good. You also wrote online education is your first choice. No more in-person education, huh? Yeah, I got to tell you, and, and you've probably done it too. There are some really good classes, and I am amazed at how much I have learned uh, through online education. But I'm old school. And historically, I would say, no, I'm not going to sit in front of a computer and learn something. If uh, if there is some education offered, I want to go in person. I want to meet the people. I want to see the products. I want to touch them and feel them. And, uh, and yeah, that is a great way to do it. But without the cost of travel or the time of travel, it's um, pretty darn good online. Everyone's worked hard to to make them high quality, to make them interesting and exciting. And uh, I have learned a lot this year. Is it something where, you know, when I, when I attend some of these online, I have it in the background off to the side, you know, as I'm doing my other stuff. And when I'm in person, that's all I'm doing. You know, and you have no other distractions. So that's what I find. Maybe an interactive online education is good, but or short, quick clips. But if you're doing a long one-hour presentation, you still got to do that in person, don't you? Well, um, in my article, I mentioned about I do it in my on my own time. For the most part, I'm not attending the live ones. I'm attending the recorded hmm. ones that are convenient for me that fits with my ADHD. Uh, I have three computer monitors. You probably do the same thing. I switch two of them off. I switch two of them off. I turn my phones on uh, silent, not even vibrate. And then I sit and I really focus on it because I have tried doing what you're doing in the background. It it's, doesn't work for me. I was on a plane yesterday and the guy was watch in front of me was watching a movie on his laptop while he was playing a game on his phone. At the same time. Now, I, my brain would explode if I tried to do that. So, yeah, on my education, I tune everything out. I focus like a laser, and it works for me. Very you, good. Said, you, you said that you, you talked about in your article, you talked about ADHD, and, and, and you've brought it up now in the conversation. Do you, have you actually been diagnosed with that? Is that legit? I, have, I think it's legit, but no, I've not been diagnosed with it. Uh, I'm one of a different generation than today's young people are. So today's young people have been diagnosed with it and they take the Adderall. Mm -hmm. I am sure that if I would have been born in the, you know, whatever, late 1990s, mm -hmm. I would have been diagnosed with it and probably been on medication for it. I think that mm -hmm. what I uh, have is no different than what the young people. We just didn't call it then. The teacher would pop you on the back of the head and say, pay attention. That mm. sort of thing. I'm sure Mike and I have it too, and we just are undiagnosed, but it's <laughs> another point. So uh, you're, you talked about in-person meetings as well, and you had a man of the year. Dive into that a little. Sure. A uh, person of the year. I'm going to call, I, I'm going to, I'm going to call this, uh, this Randy's man crush. Tell us all about it, Randy. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, Sam Corbell, do you know him? Have you sure. ever met him? Yeah. yeah. yeah he did some education yeah, well, work did, in our Evolve yeah. program. He's been on the show. Right. I saw him. I saw him on your show. Come to think of it, I'm so sorry I didn't remember that. You're, in fact, you're probably the first place I saw him. And then I just started looking around, and then I saw an interview he did with Andrea Hartramp. And I got to tell you, uh, I've never met him in person. We've done a few Zoom things back and forth, but what a bright guy. And we really have not been able to make sales calls during 2020, right? Nobody has been able to make sales calls for the most part. And uh, so digital marketing is more and more important. And I do think he is the very best at digital marketing. And, you know, you talk about an hour. Well, he doesn't do hour segments. He does short and quick, and he keeps them exciting and interesting and I just think that, um, you know, for us, it was a very bold departure, right? Normally, our people of the year are old guys my age and older, and they've been a CEO for so many years. They've been the head of Acuity or Signified, have run a company. And uh, this was a bold departure for us. But I think he is a very bright young man, and I think that he represents the future. Hmm. Oh, that's good. 
It was well received. We got a ton of comments from people, every one of them positive. Yeah, sure. That uh, really supported and thought it was a was a great idea. So, networking online. You know, I don't think that you know Michael Colligan, Greg Eric, and Randy Reed, um, where are would be where we are today without Adolf Wagner's um, beer house. Uh, over in Germany. In Frankfurt. You know, I sure. mean, that was a special night. I don't know if you remember it as well. Maybe we don't remember it as well as we should. <laughs> Apple wine. Yeah. yeah. We had a lot that night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ate a lot of food and, and we dined together in, 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 a, in, you know, in a very interesting environment. And, and you took us there and that was so wonderful, Randy. So, you know, I don't know, man. I, 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 you know, networking online. I don't know if it's the same thing though. You know, I mean, Sam's an extraordinary guy. Uh, the, he right. did a, he did a, um, an evolve module for us, uh, on lighting design for distributors. So broke it down, like just an overview of it. Wonderful work. Very, he wanted to produce it himself. It was fantastic. Well done. But I, I, there's something to the other parts of it, the non-business parts, the, you know, the, the, the eating, the fellowship, that just is not there when you do a Zoom call or when you're on a on a video call. Um, okay, so, so I, I, I'll give you a different opinion. I'll give okay. you a different opinion if I may, Michael. So think about it. You may be locked down for 30 or 60 days, and I am sorry to hear that. Now, I'm in Tennessee, and right now we're, I think, the number one state for COVID per capita. So we sure are not doing it right, state of Tennessee. But we are not totally locked down. And we are able to get out, whether that's right or wrong. So maybe you're you just really three, good at testing people. Like maybe the like three of us are maybe you're maybe Tennessee's but hang on, hang on. Maybe Tennessee's just better at testing people right. than other other we states. We do have a lot of testing. We do we do have a lot of testing. You know, and it's so. very convenient. And we don't have a lot of the lines. Sure. So it could be, but that's a political thing. And sure. I, you and I yeah. we're not gonna solve that. But back to the networking thing. What's wrong with the three of us? And maybe we get Sam or a few other people, and we have a glass of wine on Zoom one afternoon. A lot of the people are doing that. Um, I've seen and I've participated in a few of them where people are drinking and having fun on Zoom. No business. They're business colleagues. No business, but they have fun. And, I mean, we could do that. And if you're going to be locked up going crazy for 60 days, you're going to need something like that. Yeah, I'm going to need a lot of booze. Uh, fortunately, do, uh, do you agree? You fortunately, you... yeah, I don't know. To me, I don't, I like smell. I think, I think that, that fellowship is a, is a six senses experience. And, okay. um, and I, and I, you know, I mean, while that is something that I, I just, when I, when I wear like that kind of thing, I don't agree with you. I think it's not a replacement. I think it's just another thing you can do that's convenient and easy adds to the mix. But I don't think it replaces it, man. I just, I, there's so it doesn't replace it a hundred percent. Sure. But what if it gets you there eighty percent? Yeah, I, I agree with you. That there's a room for what it. What if you get some of that friendship? Like yeah. right now, we're doing a professional segment, and you're wearing your headset, and you're in your studio. So what if you you at some point took that off? We had a glass of beer, in my case, a glass of wine, and we just reminisced about the good days. I think that would be healthy for all of us. Sure. And then. The three of us do it, and then maybe we do. You bring in a person that you don't know as well, and you kind of get to know them. It's it's not as good as in person. Make no mistake, but it is still helpful, I think. Yeah, you got to make do with what you can. Um, so, yeah, that covers your article, but now kind of on the business side of things. You know, I read your website, and as a lot of people do, and the first thing today I saw was, Price increase, big Ooh. siren going off, eight <laughs> percent Cooper or whatever it was. Hey, so, we got a new siren. Did you see, did you see our new siren? I did. We yeah, it looked from real the nice. 1980s, uh, oh, I loved the old silent oh, siren. I loved that artifacty piece of junk. I, it was great. <laughs> I, I know, wasn't it? Wasn't it? So we, we really—that's our Christmas. That's our uh, New Year's gift, I guess, for 2021. But yeah, listen, that, that's my theme. Everyone talks about predictions and themes. My theme for 2021 can be summed up in two words, price increases. Okay? I yeah. think we're going to see them. I think they're going to stick. I think they're healthy for our industry. I think mm-hmm. we need them. We desperately need them as an industry. 
and I think we're going to see him in 2021. And and Cooper apparently is leading the way. Uh, Valmont did go up. Lutron went up. But when a company with the statue of Cooper Lighting goes up, um, I think that's important for street. But look, I yeah, see raw material, right? Look at yeah, the raw materials, yeah. how they're going up. Uh, cost, and whether we like it or not, a lot of us, the products do come from Asia or the components come from Asia. And the shipping costs have skyrocketed. You know, there's something now on containers. If you want your container prioritized, just add $2,000. Add $2,000 and they'll prioritize your container. And if you don't, good luck. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, you know, one one of the, uh, we could mention the company on here, but uh, one of the people that had an increase that I really liked how they did it was TCP. And they kind of broke it down and said, you know, we've been carrying you for the last couple of years. We've been we've been giving you the lowest price Absorbing. we can, and we just can't any longer. Yeah, we just can't do it any longer. So we have to have our increase. And I was like, you know, that that brings it personal a little. Like a lot of these other people, it's just eight percent across the board. And I don't really well, why dive into it? Give me your personal story. So I think that's important. If people are going to do price increases, and, break it down. And I do remember TCP doing a, a press release a couple of years ago that they did not uh, raise prices and they did absorb it. So yeah, yeah, I get that. I did a webinar with Ellis where I was a, um, a panelist, and it was on the uh, U.S.-China trade relations. I saw it. I what saw did you it. see it? You did a two-part thing, right? Or a three-part thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, he brought me in as a, as a panelist on the, the, to just comment on China, and I don't really know why. I'm not, a, I'm not a historical expert. I'm more like a fan of Chinese history. Um, so I know a little bit about it, and I know I follow the news, and I follow different Chinese officials on Twitter and I have their tweets translated um, so I can read what they're saying. What do you think about the relationship between China? It, like for the lighting industry, it's a massive relationship. Like the, I, I, I other than uh, consumer electronics, I don't think there's an industry that's more impacted by the relationship between the United States and China and lighting. How do you think that bodes for the prospects in, in the coming years, not just 2020, but in the coming years? Well, again, we always try to not get political on, mm. on the Edison report, but, uh, you know, Trump has had a uh, adversarial relationship with China. Uh, President like Biden has said he wants to have less adversarial relationship with China. But um, I, I give you one example. Today we posted a story, Christmas tree lights. OK, mm -hmm. uh, buying less and less from China. This year in 2020, hmm. uh, fewer Christmas tree lights came from China. So <clears throat> I do think that um, there are there will be less trade with China. It's it's going. It's uh, there's going to be more Vietnam. There's going to be more Cambodia. There's going to be more India. India, you know, they just don't have the infrastructure in India. They don't have the supply chain in India. They've sure got the labor, and I think they've got the quality. But I do see um, less coming from China in 2021 and 2022 than what we've had in the past. What do you think that has a relationship to the price increase because of where it's coming from? Or is that is it just because, because they can't get it any longer or the price is going to be the same from China versus Vietnam? I think it's a, I think it's, I think it's a lot of things. I mean, think about this, guys. We used to buy everything and have everything done in Mexico, right? And then a lot of that moved over to Asia because the Asia was even less expensive than, than Mexico. And, you know, Vietnam is a competitive area for light fixtures. We are seeing more fixtures come out of, out of Vietnam. But I do think as a society, a lot of people are unhappy with China for, for many reasons and would prefer to not buy product from China. Um, there's always kind of been an ebb and flow, in my opinion, about we really want things made in America. Well, we'll accept made in Mexico. We prefer made in America. We'll accept China. And now I do think there is just concern about, I mean, who, who knew that the antibiotics were made in China? I sure didn't know that. Um, I think there will be less... Um, demand for products in China for many reasons, many of which are political. I wouldn't say they're, I don't say political is not the right word. I'd say that they're cultural. Cultural. How so? 
So, for for example, um, you know, the the Democrats and the Republicans are largely the one thing they get along on is China policy. I mean, you may see some differences in tone from Biden, but both Democrats and Republicans are very wary of China, and there's no there's not a huge difference between. I mean, at the top, you maybe have some rhetoric and that sort of stuff that changes. But I think Democrats are just as suspicious of China as the Republicans are. Um, so I don't think it's a political issue. And I think the idea of not wanting to buy from China is a cultural issue. So, you know, what, 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 I, what I as a Canadian look at it and I say, well, I really like, I really am in favor of that cultural policy to where it's like, you know, you know we choose as, as consumers choose and, and, and industries choose to, to generate more domestic manufacturing. I don't like a pro-U.S. trade policy. So if that excludes everybody else, like, so as a Canadian, you know, we value our relationship to the United States. It's very, very important to Canada. And, you know, Canada could easily be bankrupted by a policy like that, that included Canada into that. So while I, I think it's a cultural force, it's an anti-Chinese sentiment that's emerging in the U.S. that I think is... Is so, can be dangerous in some senses. Um, it can, you know, that's how bigger problems arise when an entire culture starts to see another culture as an enemy and maybe a trade battle starts. They always start with trade wars. That's how all wars start over money, except for, you know, maybe the, uh, what's those Greek wars when they went over to thing to chase the woman. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, the, oh, you're talking Helen of Troy. Helen of Troy, the Trojan Wars. Other than okay. the Trojan Wars, every war was about money. It was about trade. It was about you know dominance and this sort of stuff. So, I don't think that that it's a. I think it's cultural. Um, the lighting industry is very, very addicted to China. That it's, the, this industry yeah. is going to have the toughest time. There's so much infrastructure in China, from chemicals to production to raw materials to experience and everything else that's that's there that's going to be difficult to transplant now that it's there um what about domestic manufacturing randy do you see the possibility of components and final assembly of light bulb led light bulbs in the united states i don't know is the honest answer it, it just so much depends on the new administration and tax policy and tariffs and i just i have no feel for what is going to happen there We'd sure like to see it, though. Love to see it. But see, why? Let me ask you, why would you love to see it? Uh, jobs. I'm an American. I'm retired Army Reserve. I love America. I want American jobs. Uh, you know, my company, Lumaficient. I wish that I could produce locally. I would love nothing more than that. I couldn't be cost competitive. I, I couldn't begin to compete if I built them here in the U.S. Hmm. But I wish I could. And so, you know, and the idea of, you know, bringing the components in and assembling in the U.S., you know, that becomes a little bit of a dicey situation because what are they actually assembling? Are they screwing the reflector on? You know what I'm saying? Um, right. So there's, it's called the screwdriver test. If you can really assemble everything with just a screwdriver, it really should not qualify for made in America but, or made but in But it North does America. sometimes. But I think, I think some companies do that. We're not going to yeah. play that game, okay? Sure. We're just not going to play that game. But but I do know some companies, or I suspect some companies do that. I've seen companies do it. Me too. <laughs> I've been to their factory, and I've seen yeah, them actually. Sure. And I'm like, oh, you just screw that on, and now it's assembled? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, another question, topic, mergers and acquisitions. How do you feel Ooh. about that? Is that going to be hot and heavy in 2021 or slowing down? Speed yeah. Up. yeah, no, I think hot and heavy. I think there will be a one announced January 4th, uh, a small one, but we're working hmm. that story now. Um, you don't want to break so it here? We, I don't, because <laughs> under, uh, reality, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but everything appears that that'll break on January 4th. Um, yes, I do see more mergers and acquisitions. Uh, there are some companies, big companies and mid-sized companies that are in a weak position right now um, that don't have the cash flow. And um, unfortunately, some will, will go away. Some will be uh, picked up for um, 20 cents on the dollar. And, um, you know, some will just probably close. 
But I Is that do a good thing for her? more. Well, how do you define that? It's not a good thing for those employees Don't. that are getting laid off, but it's probably Don't. healthy for our industry, right? Uh, to mm -hmm. kind of call out the herd a little bit, get rid of some weaker players. And many times the weaker players will really do um, dumb things because they're just trying to generate cash. So their back yep. is against the wall. So, I mean, they'll cut prices. They'll, you know, not put money aside for warranty. They'll do some dumb things that harm the industry. And so when these weaker players do go away, um, that is helpful to our industry. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't want zombies. You know, I mean, uh, one of the one of the dangers of the stimulus and the support is the zombification of some companies, right? That are not that, you know, should be going bankrupt. Like, it's a fact. People go bankrupt sometimes. It happens, Randy. You know, it's it's part of the game, and it's unfortunate for those people and the investors and the employees. But you know, you want to keep it an elite group. Um, and, and then the other thing too, is that the lighting industry is absolutely saturated with, because of rebates, there's been so many rebates in the industry that it, one of the, the effects of rebates is to cloud the difference between the good and the weak, right? We both can apply for the rebate. Both of our products are allowed to be used. And now the rebate is determining the quality, not the actual competitors. They have a, you have a hard time differentiating if both products apply for the same amount of rebate, they must be the same then. They're all from China anyway, so it's all the same thing. I think that if that if the result of this is to call out some of the weaker players, I think that's great. And those people can find jobs working for the other companies or they can get into another industry or whatever. We can't be concerned about that um, as a society because otherwise you, <clears throat> you end up like Japan with a bunch of zombie companies. Like Japan is filled with companies that never make money. And are supported by the Japanese state, and they're they're called zombies. You can look it up, um, you know. So we don't want to have that. We want the dynamic, strong lighting companies in our industry that support their warranties, that work through the channels that are in the industry, and you know keep the customers um, care for the customers at the end of the that put the light bulb in or hang the fixture. And that's been lacking in the industry. You've had a lot of Johnny come lately and the lighting marauders running around, um, you know, selling people whatever and getting rebates. So if that gets rid of it, Randy, would you agree that that's probably all positive? Again, I can't say it's all positive, sure. but it is primarily good for the industry. Okay. Right. Again, there are some people that uh, will not be able to get jobs with other companies. And um, there are some people that are probably 40 years old and their kids are getting ready to go to college and they may not have the funding to send their kids because uh, they've been laid off. So I do feel for the American worker, North American workers, Canadian workers as well. <laughs> uh, so so that, is, uh, that is my hesitancy to say 100% it's good when companies go bankrupt. Got it. Now, another topic, and I asked Mike this the other day, but I want to ask your opinion. Um, UV lighting, is that a fad or is that here to stay? No, I think it's here to stay. I think it's here to yeah. stay, stay. And the LRC published a paper yesterday, and it's probably the most comprehensive uh, document. Uh, I still haven't gotten all the way through it, but <clears throat> the, um, the industry needs to really uh, – the LRC has done a huge favor, I think, to the industry by publishing that because they are kind of a, a referee. They're a nonprofit. They, um, they, you know, they have a lot of credibility. And now it's kind of a great roadmap for our industry. But I do think that UV is, you say here to stay, is, I don't think it's here yet. Uh, there's really not a lot of products today being sold in the market regarding at least UVC. Um, it's coming. A lot of development is happening. Products have been launched and introduced. But when I talk to the manufacturers for those, or I talk to the reps, and I ask the reps, well, how many of these have you sold? It's zero. They say, it's coming. We're working with lighting designers. We're getting on specs. People are nervous. But there are not a lot of sales yet. Now, the junk, you know, the magic wands and the little boxes, I don't really consider that viable. That stuff 
unfortunately, I think is still selling quite a bit, although UL has done a good job of making people realize uh, about some of the concerns with that product. Um, but as far as UVC, I do think it is going to be very important uh, to our future. Um, and it's a great niche that hopefully uh, we can make money, right? Hopefully it'll be profitable for us and it won't just be given away. I think it, it, at the same time, it needs to be practical and it needs to be proven. And, and that's a hard part. Like I, I've, we've talked about other things in lighting that we see and, you know, even lighting controls, for example, everybody says we, we have to do it and we should do it. And we don't want to go off on that tangent on, on why it doesn't always make sense, but it doesn't, you know, there, there's times where it just doesn't make sense to promote it or, or do it. So quit making us do it. Now UV lighting or try attempting to make us do it. Are they going to do the same thing with UV and keep saying, you got to do it, you got to do it, and nobody's going to do it because the price isn't there and it's too hard to install, too hard to manage, it's not actually working? Those are my okay. concerns. So I, I want to jump in here, Randy, before, because um, I think Greg's wrong um, when he says that it's not proven. Upper air disinfection has been used in tuberculosis wards for decades, and it works. We know it works. And there's a lot of obvious applications for that 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 air for um upper air active up active and, and and passive upper air disinfection using uvc we know it's safe um it's particularly great for trains planes stations airports places where massive amounts of people congregate you know and we've had the technology for decades and decades there's a mix-up in the consumer's mind between led and then mercury lamps Right, so we've always used mercury lamps in the past to, to accomplish this, and they work fantastic. And there's a confusion because people seem to think LEDs better because it's going to be more efficient, and it isn't. Right, it's not necessarily more efficient. And then the maintenance schedules are unknown with LED. How often do you change the lamp? Whereas with with mercury, we know exactly how often we need to change the lamp. Right, once a year, every six months, whatever. It's all prescribed. And so I think there's a difference. There's a there's a, a a defaulting problem here. Everybody thinks it has to be LED, and there are some good LED solutions out there. But I think the surface disinfection uh, ship has left the station. I don't think surface disinfection has a mass deployment. I think it's very niche or niche or I don't know how you guys pronounce it. Um, but I think it's very niche. Upper air disinfection has a lot of good applications, Randy, <clears throat> and. Um, I don't see anything preventing the full massive deployment of that technology in many, many, many giant, enormous malls, for example. Um, and then we well, well, haven't mentioned HVAC, though. Don't yeah, you think that's, that's an important immediate well, use? But that already exists. Most commercial right. HVAC systems already have UVC lights in them. They already have it. But most of them. But the, and they I just haven't. that. Yeah. Like I it's already. Most of them had it. I, I would say that. A, 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 a significant proportion of not in your house maybe but even a lot of homes i mean scott walker the producer brought his uh 15 year old burned out uvc light into the office after covid started and said hey you guys got this because it's in my furnace yeah like i moved into a new place and oh. there it was like I, uh, this filter's chunk wait what's this above the filter also burned out i don't know what it is but i bet mike can find it for yeah. me yeah so, they, like a lot of our existing HVAC already has UVC treatment. Can we add to it? Yes. Can we retrofit more in? All that sort of stuff. Absolutely. But most of that already is out there. Um, it just, you know, people were unaware of it. They let the light bulb burn out. They weren't maintaining it, whatever. Um, but the actual in the space, across the space, upper air disinfection, that's proven. That works. It's worked for, so you, for a long time. You walk into a building, if you mm -hmm. go into a building and you, or an airport, and you see a nice, lead icon in the building. U.S. Green Buildings Council has certified sure. this building as lead certified. What is it? Gold, platinum, silver. Sure. I see there's a need for a U.S. Clean Building Council. So right next to the lead stamp, you've got the clean building. That's a wonderful and idea. That, I, I, I just think there's an opportunity for that. I, I don't know how we would do it, but um, to have the upper air, to have the UV, and to have some surface, to have some surface disinfection in unoccupied spaces. And then I think people will feel more comfortable. It's going to be a lot of things that 
people back. It's going to be the herd issue. It's going to be the vaccination. It's going to be the fact that the buildings are clean. It's going to be the fact that people are still going to wear masks. But we, I hope, are going to find a way to get people back together in office settings um, and get our economy back. The uh, I think is one way. Yeah, one I think. I think what we're what you're talking about is there, and I hate to put it this way, but I think it's legitimately well understood when you talk about it like this. There is a need for hygiene theater, right? So, um, the good uh, UVC upper air disinfection fixtures um, right. should have a little light on them, right? That's green. It has like an indication that it's working. And look at that. Test light. Yeah, no, not yeah. just like on it. So it's like operating, cleaning the air, right? The little green light there. If it's red, it means it's not working or whatever, right? But it's green. We need to take hygiene theater seriously. And what? And, and I don't say that in jest. I say that in all honesty because, you know, you've heard the argument about the 330-300. Well, all that's inverted now. We need to get the 300 back first into the room because 3 and 30 don't matter if nobody comes to the building, right? We need the 300 right. back. So if we need to do some hygiene theater for people, where, you know, um, we make fixtures as an industry that clean the air, but also tell people that that's happening and find a way to transmit that message to others. Surface disinfection, I think there are, uh, you know, areas for it. Like for airport bathrooms, you go into a bathroom stall, the, the, the light comes on and the, and the disinfection light comes off. You leave the stall, it, the reverse happens and it's a switch on the door on the stall. It's not an aux sensor. Or whatever, like there's a whole multiple different ways you could do it, but that's how the applications like that, where you have pour, a lot of porcelain and tile that won't be damaged by the UV. There's lots of different applications for surface, but it's going to be like areas like that. Whereas the air, the listen, COVID nineteen is an aerosol virus. It travels through the air, and that's how you get it. And so a, a lot of diseases are like that. So. I think we need to do real, we need to have real solutions, but we also need to do theater for people as well. Well, theater, I've not heard the term hygiene theater. I like it. Did you coin that phrase? It was on a show. I don't know if it was Greg or me or somebody on the show. I think it was, you know, I think it was Fred Van Lierup. I'm not going to steal it from him. So there's a Dutch okay. scientist that we used to work for Philips, wrote the UVC catalog back in the 80s or 90s, something like that. I pulled it out and he's like, ah, I know that one. <laughs> From Hygiene the theater is a great, a great uh, couple words. I'm, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. We used to think it was Makes like a, a joke, right? But actually, yeah. let's say you have a private school, right? Let's say you have a private school right now. You, you're in Toronto, whatever. There's got to be one in Nashville. There's one in Minnesota, like these hundred thousand bucks a year to your kid to go to high school. You bring the parents through and hey, there's our, uh, our, our active air disinfection unit in each classroom. We've got three in every classroom, and those are continuously cleaning the air. And when the green light's on and our maintenance guy comes in, and with those units, there's no risk whatsoever of exposure to UVC light. And so it's just mainly cleaning the air and whatever. Does it work? How do, does it work? Who cares? There's a hygiene theater element to this that people need to know. see. We all care. We all want it to work. Yeah, but we let, all care. Right. Yeah. We want yeah. It to work. We, but we also want to believe that it works. Right. And which one's more important? Right. You know, well, I mean, you don't want to believe that it works if it doesn't work. Right. That's misinformation. But so like what, 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 but the problem, the problem with, with testing this stuff is that all the, when the UVC guys, you talk to them about testing UVC effectiveness, it's all about water or air within a space or a tube. If the flow rate is this, and there's this many gallons, and you have this many watts of UVC light, the water is disinfected 100%, right? So then you go to them and say, I want to take my light fixture, that's a UVC light, and deploy it in all these different spaces. Well, how much airflow is there? I have no idea. How, how often is the space occupied? I don't have any idea about that either. What is the this and that? And, and there's, a whole, there's way too many factors to even know if it's what the percentage rate of disinfection will be. Very difficult to know how much air it sucks in. When does the light bulb burn out? Can you change the LED array? Does the LED array lose its effectiveness over time? There's a lot of unanswered questions in that realm. And so to me, I think the initial thing is to make it about theater, to make it look like it's working. And I hate to say this, but it's okay. We don't know how well this works, but it is part of a mix 
of different things that we can do. Let's get out there and try it. Let's try some areas. Let's test. Let's figure out how we can test if it works. And if we don't have any real applications, Randy, we're never going to be able to figure it out. So we need to get out there and install some stuff in the field. It's one tool. Yeah, exactly. People back to work. Exactly. And the lighting industry needs to lead on that. We need to get jump in on that and give like, like the, even if you had like a screen on it, on the fixture that said active uh, air disinfection ongoing. Oh, and people could see that. And who cares if it made the air 2% cleaner or 6% or 10%. That's not what you're paying for. You're paying for the confidence of the people in the space. That's yeah, actually again, more important. But, but if you mislead those people and you make them think it's 98% effective when it's only 2% effective, then you've done huge damage. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, like, is uh, 2% good? Like, is that a good level of increase in air cleanliness? Maybe that's a big increase. Maybe it's, it cleans the air. It, it's helping disinfect the room by an additional 4%. And then if you factor <laughs> that over thousands of people that come through the train station, that ends up being 3,000 less infections a year or 10,000 less infections a year per visitor. Like maybe 2% so that, is a lot. Yeah, I think the key thing is to not assign a percentage. Yeah. It does something. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I mean. We theater it up. It's going to do something. Nobody knows because we've never deployed it. We've only de- ever used it in like very specific See, applications. I, I want to use the word theater that is kind of an advertisement that mm-hmm. we're letting people know the good that we're actually doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be there to mislead people and make people feel safe when they shouldn't feel safe. So maybe they should feel safe. Is not a good they should feel safe. It's not about misleading people. It's about we don't know how effective it is yet, but that should not that should not stop it from being deployed in the field. Because okay. I would agree with that. Oh yeah, I agree with 100%. Let's get it out there. Yes. And then we can learn a lot more. Exactly. We can learn more. We don't know how much safer, we, you know, how much cleanlier the air is yet because we don't have any really tests of, of airports with UVC disinfection in them or train stations or planes or anything like that. Or I bet you planes have UVC in their air systems. But anyway, what so, I'm so, saying. So to wrap up what, what Greg said is let's not assign a percentage to it. There let's you just go. show that we're cleaning the air with UVC and let's not show whether it's 2% effective or 98% effective. Because nobody knows. Nobody knows. I like to sell things that are gray. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It does something. All right. (laughs) Randy. So, hey, yeah, last thing I want to ask you, Randy, just before we tie it up. Please. Edison report regarding that. You're doing daily updates now. You're recording that. How's that coming along? Is it easy to do? Is it you finding something every single day that you can talk about? Where are you at with that? Well, we do. We do. We have meaningful information every day and we end up, we want to keep them to a minute. And so we'll end up with a minute 30 and we're trying to cut things out of it because we want to try to keep to a minute. So I'll tell you, yes, we do have meaningful content every day. We've been working on it for about five months now and we've never really marketed it to speak of. And we think we've got a Good. If you look at the ones we did five months ago, I was behind. I had a screen behind me. I was shooting them with my laptop. The quality wasn't very good. Now we've got really um, good quality, good screens. I think it's it's a uh, it's high definition, and we've got a lot of content. And then we're making graphics for each thing as well for each subject. So it's not just me talking. We've got the graphics. So we're really pleased with it, and we're starting to see our page views or our hits, I guess, on YouTube grow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we want to continue to do that. Uh, we get a lot of feedback on it. Not always all positive. Some are, are very frank with me. Oh, Randy, it's December, and you've gained 10 pounds. <laughs> and, uh, okay. That's true. That's true. Um, so, so watch in the spring when I'm exercising again. But we yeah. have a lot of fun with it. And please, if you have anything for us, we're happy to do it. Um, it's really beginning to uh, take off today in lighting. I've enjoyed today in lighting. I I uh, I I don't get I don't do it every day, but I think most of your listeners 
are going to be periodic people that a group of periodic people that hit it two days, three days a week and watch it. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, cause it's so short and it's a quick hop blast. Two more things before we go. Who's in the picture behind you? Well, surely you recognize that person. I'm not going to have to tell you. I can't see it that well. Who is it? Thomas Edison. Oh, that's Thomas Edison. Ah. Thomas Edison. Ah, okay. Thomas Edison. And then a nice little article. Uh, Richard Branson right here invested in our uh, former company, Metrolite. Hmm. So that was a big deal when we got some money from, uh, from Branson. And then just a few other things. There you go. And one more thing before we go, Randy. Um, I really want to thank you for everything you've done for us, man. Um, if it wasn't for you, uh, you know, believing in us right in the beginning back in 2017 and supporting us, we would be nowhere, man. So you, we really offer you our love and gratitude in this time of the well, year. Merry, Merry Christmas, Randy Reed. Well, well, Merry Christmas to you, Michael and Greg. And remember, I maybe opened the door a little bit. You guys had the content. Okay. <laughs> And you you successful. We opened the door just a little bit and you took it and ran. And then you really got something here. And everybody knows get a grip now. <laughs> you don't have to explain what to get a grip. Everybody knows what it is. And y'all had some really neat subjects. So congratulations to you as well. Thank, Thank you. you very much. All right. TCPI.com. That's right. We're talking cans, Greg, or pot lights. Yeah. Pot yes, light well, cans. Pot lights to you. <laughs> we talked about them at the beginning from four inch to 12 inch, everything in between, color selectable. It has a silver matte finish, which is nice. A lot of these are white or beveled or whatever. This looks good. It looks slick, dimmable, zero to 10 volt, and it has everything built right on. The nice snap, heavy duty snap clips too to keep Ooh. that fixture up there, Ooh. recess it in, get it done. If you have a recess can, I'm telling you, PCP's got it. Go to tcpi.com. Calm, proud member of the National Association of Innovative Lighting District. Long time member, too, man. Been in the game with us for years. Good supporter of Nailed in the show. So we thank them for their relationship with our association. And for you, the listener out there, what are you waiting for, buddy? It's time. Five years in the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. You need to join. That's right. We kept all you guys essential. That's right. When it all started, we worked to make lighting distributors essential. Tons of reasons why you need to get associated and support Nailed. And of course, Randy Reed, man, always a pleasure. Great to speak to Randy. Always good. Always bring something new and good talk. And I'm sure we'll do more in 2021 with them. So be ready. Yeah, you know what? It seems like the news cycle is accelerating again. It calmed down over the summer. And now it seems like it's like everyone's kind of calmed down. Remember that it was like we had to put out show, 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 mm -hmm. show, 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 show. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, we get it. And then all of a sudden I feel that sense of urgency again coming into 2021. Everyone's hot. Everyone wants to come out and make it happen. Yeah. Get ready. Thanks for coming on, Randy. All you guys who made it to the end with us, hey, nothing but love for the from the people at Get a Grip Studios and Get a Grip Online. Written on the rectory wall, there's a sign there for all. You are lost, Lord is there to find you.